Let's go to 1 Peter, obviously, and we're going to be in chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 10 and 12. Uh, since we missed uh, uh, Wednesday on our study, we're still back a little ways. But um, So obviously with some, and I appreciate a wonderful church that doesn't skip a beat. The church is not about the pastor. It's not just about individuals. The church is the body of Christ. And so you, uh, God doesn't need me. He doesn't need you, but he chooses to use us. And that's a good sign of a good church that regardless of who's out or who's sick, that it goes on. And so I, I, I appreciate everyone, again, that's filled in and, and done a lot of different things. And, and I appreciate a church that's understanding and gives me time off to rest and those th things. And so anyway, during that time, thanks. I always have to give credit to Dan Swadley, but we spent four years without Internet. And, you know, you guys would try to send me. I'm not going to pick on Kevin, but he'd send me pictures. And I'd tell him, Kevin, don't send me pictures at home because I got to go up to the top of the hill of our farm in order to download them. And. I wasn't teasing, and so thanks to Dan, and he's jealous because now he's being punished because he hasn't got it yet. We have Starlink, and I can say I have better internet than anybody. And maybe I'm gloating. I don't, shouldn't, but that was one of the things, just being able to communicate with people, even our home phones through the internet for people to call us and things like that. And so I appreciate that. So obviously, you know, now we've gone to streaming channels instead of cable. We've cut the cord, all that kind of stuff. And so anyway, always looking for shows that Heather and I can watch together and I know this one's a really old one but we never watched it when it, we like shows when they're done so then we don't have to wait for the next episode and so we were watching once upon a time and that's an old one but it's about you know fairy tale stories and stuff like that but it's with a it's it's with a, a twist and those of us that grew up with fairy tales they're pretty morbid stories I mean, they're pretty just, you know, we talk about this snowflake culture, but even like the, the, the bedtime uh, stories and, and the songs have a pretty morbid, you know, uh, thing about them. But one thing we liked about the, these old stories is, guess what? Good always triumphs over evil. Somebody needs to be saved, loves true kiss, all that kind of stuff. And we all like that. We all like it when finally they overcome whatever and they win. Well, we see that in shows, and we see that in movies, and we desire for things to be made right, and we desire for things to be restored, and we desire for things to be saved. And the desires we struggle with are sin nature. Why is it I want to do this, Paul says in Romans, but yet I do this, but thank God for His grace. And I've been reading through uh, the C.S. Lewis Bible this year. It's not that he wrote the Bible, but it, I'm reading through the Bible, and then he makes comments from different writings. And, yeah, I know he's dead, but, you know, they put the comments that are pertinent to that, that section of Scripture. And one was on forgiveness and talking about how we struggle to forgive other people and how we have a love-hate relationship with ourselves. We don't like the things we do, but we love ourselves, and we're called to love our neighbors as ourselves. We struggle that we know if we've received Christ that we're saved, but we're still struggling with all that sin nature and for things to be made right and that, to that groaning of creation. And we can choose to be saved by less temporal things that don't last. I'm going to let a relationship save me. I'm going to let a, a substance save me. I'm going to let my bank account save me, whatever. And we're all going to fail each other if we focus on, and those things will fail us if we focus on them to save us. Or we can be saved by the supernatural, the eternal, the everlasting salvation of Christ. 
And so your action step today is focus on this great salvation. We don't think about that, but like Tony Tiger, that's great. You know, this is a great salvation. And we're going to look at this section of scripture, and it's under the word great, on what makes it so great, and how did this great salvation come to us. And asking the, and we look at the, back at what we've studied already. We start with that you need to choose to be chosen, you know, and then we are waiting for this reward. And then while we're waiting, we find joy in Christ. And we need to remember, you know, Peter is talking to Christians in Turkey who are suffering for their faith. But this message goes on to us. More than any time in history, Christians are suffering around the world. And we as Americans are kind of being snowflakes as Christians on the fact of, well, they don't, if I say what I believe or if I stand for what I believe and I do it in love, I might get some kickback. We need to stand tall with our brothers and sisters and we need to follow Christ. And, and so we need to, we're choose to be chosen. We wait for the reward. We find joy in Christ during suffering and at times of not suffering. And then last week or a couple weeks ago, verse 9 at the very end, because of this great salvation, the saving of our souls. That's why. So the question we're asking today, what's so great about it? You may say, hey, pastor, I know what's so great about it, but you know it doesn't hurt to be reminded. And we still choose lesser things to try to save us or to save others. But as the old song says, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Still the answer. And every generation has to discover that. It's the blessing. I wanna, we need to be reminded. We see in the garden where man is given free will. Man chooses to sin. God begins the garden, his, his salvation, and he, he raises up Abraham, who then raises up a, a nation, and that is Israel. And through Israel, we can identify with the one true God. And Israel was blessed. Anyone that was for Israel was blessed. Anyone that wasn't, wasn't blessed. And we still see the power of the blessing of Israel right now in the land and the prophecy of the fact that it's, it's flourishing in the desert. The power of God's blessing, the Messiah, then Jesus comes, he's revealed. And then those that receive Christ, that believe in him for salvation, this great salvation, become a part of the true Israel. And so what we need to understand, what's great about this, it's the blessing. It's the bl and believers are, are gaining more and more of the blessings of God as they follow God. And again, our society tries to say the blessing is just your bank book. The blessing is just your health. Yes, those are double blessings, but we're talking about the blessing of salvation. We're talking about the blessing of being a joint heir with Christ. And so that brings us to 1 Peter, verses 10 through 12. Concerning this salvation, because remember in verse 9 it says the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what a person or a time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you. And in these things that they have now been announced to you, though as those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit, sent from heaven things into which angels long to look. Lord, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you speak today and help us to not look at our salvation as anything less as marvelous and great and supernatural and wonderful. 
and let it guide every decision we make in our life. If there's someone that has not received this great salvation, may they do it today. And I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So we see here the subject, the grace, the favor of God. Salvation is the personal experience of God's grace, his undeserved favor upon us. And it was to be ours from what the, uh, verse 10 was saying here. This salvation was great because it was given, it was handed down by great messengers. We're going to see in verses 10 through 12 the messengers that God has given to tell others about this great salvation. You have the prophets, the Holy Spirit, the apostles, and even the angels want, and their word, the word angel is messenger, but even the angels want to deliver this message, but they can't because it's given to someone else. We'll talk about that in a little bit, and you probably already know who. So salvation was a mystery. Salvation required special messengers, the prophets, spoken by the prophets, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Verse 10 again, concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully. Go back and look at this, concerning this salvation, which means deliverance. How is man going to get out of this fixed state? And, and from what? From moving from death to life. Why were they fixed in this because of sin? No way out. And so they intently studied in order to understand the work of the person of the Jesus Christ, this great salvation. Matthew 13, 17 says this, For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. The prophets were seeing it from a distance, but now we're looking at it from the background that it has been fulfilled. And so they could see it. And you know how sometimes, and you know, I was at home, so I'd, I wear a contact or I wear glasses, so it's like I don't need to dress up. I had the shave like here, man. It was cool. But anyway, I may could have done chops. We won't do that. But, you know, all those kind of things. But, you know, so I didn't put my contact in. I don't want to wear bifocals because I don't necessarily need them. So I've got to do this all the time when I want to look uh, close or whatever. But, you know, I'd be out there looking for deer or there was something in the woods. You know, I was out there and it's like, what's that? You know, and I couldn't see it. I could hear the movement and I maybe saw something, but I couldn't see it. I knew the direction. And that's the way with the prophets. They knew it was coming. They knew there was going to be a Messiah, but they weren't focused in. Supposedly, you can do this if you want to focus in. If you don't have glasses on, you can focus in, but it doesn't work that well for me anyway. So we won't get into that. But that's what he's saying here in Matthew 13, verse, uh, verse 17. They wanted, they longed to see it. They longed to hear about it. We don't have to long about that anymore. We have it. It was important. They searched, they sought it out, they inquired carefully, they were diligent about it. The Old, the Old Testament saw the main, the main points, but they didn't see the details. We shouldn't be discouraged because we're, we're seeing the fulfillment of what the prophets were looking towards. They wondered, they searched, they waited. The role of the prophets was to prepare the world for the later time, the fulfillment of this great salvation, and that time is now. And your first fill on this was the this is a great salvation this is a great salvation to focus on because it was given by the prophets. Okay, point it, they wholeheartedly it was wholeheartedly worth waiting for. I want you to understand God sent and inspired men with His message and their different personalities for us to get this message of this great salvation. That's important. 
What makes this salvation and this salvation message great is this message uh, is from uh, uh, the prophets, and the prophets were the first messengers. Go on and look at verse 11 how and 12, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and subsequent glories. And the first part of 12, it was revealed to them. Who revealed it to him? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit led them to it. The Holy Spirit uncovered it, disclosed it, inspired it. The prophets and gave them this message. The greatness of this message we see through the Bible. You have 66 books over thousands of years that were inspired by God, people with different personalities, and one message, man's sin, Christ redeems, Jesus is the answer. How could that not be a great salvation and a great message? 66 books over thousands of years by different individuals. If we all wrote something, we're all going to... And, you know, I grew up in a family of four kids, and it's like a crime scene. Because when you talk about old stories, and it's, it's really... You know, I must have been just a terror. I wasn't a terror growing up, but it's funny. I'll go back to places where I was a minister and did youth ministry, and, yeah, we did some crazy things. If you go back to Mitch, he kept a leash on me, and thank God I made it this far, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, I've been been having to go back to some places and for funerals and stuff and seeing people I haven't seen in a long time. And and so the Assembly of God pastor in Coweta, Oklahoma, he was a youth minister when I was a youth minister there. And I had to go to a funeral there a couple weeks ago. And so he, he didn't recognize me. I went up and talked to him. And he goes, man, I still share stories about you. And I'm like... What did you remember that I did? And then somebody, I was with some other minister friends. It's what happens when you get drunk on trips. I'm teasing, all right? But, you know, these ministers are like, we're still talking about that time you were in the restaurant and you did that, da-da-da. I'm like, I don't remember any of that, okay? Obviously, that meant uh, more than, than you. And I had a point to that, but, we're, <laughs> but it came back around. But what we're seeing here is the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and the fact that God uses different individuals. We have four Gospels. Why do we have four Gospels? Because I didn't remember that, or I remembered it a different way, but those guys saw it in another way that were with me. With my family, my brothers and sisters, they remember it one way, I remember it another way, but we have all these different personalities that God brings together. One message, Jesus saves. That is great thousands of years and so we see here that inspired by god and so your next film we can focus on this great salvation because it was revealed by the holy spirit it was god given that is what ties it together that the holy spirit inspired all these men throughout all these years to have one message jesus saves he's coming be ready jesus saves This message of this great salvation was inspired by God, given to man, and was now been revealed to who? Look at verse 12 again. It is revealed to them that they are serving not themselves but you, and the things that they have now been announced to you, though though those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things into which angels long to look. So again, the word revealed. It was disclosed, it was laid open, it was uncovered, and it was serving to, and and notice the last part, serving not themselves but us. Who is this next group of messengers that he's talking about? He's talking about the apostles. 
And if you've been here on Wednesday nights or listening on Wednesday night, what makes an apostle? A biblical apostle was directly called by Jesus. And so we see Paul was an apostle because he was called by Jesus on the road to Damascus. And so we know that the apostles were firsthand witnesses, first century witnesses. And so what we see here is he's talking to the apostles now. You go tell the message. Now it's been fulfilled. The prophets have delivered it. And now it has happened. And now you go forward and tell that it is complete. And so they, this great salvation, your next fill-in, when it was fulfilled, it, it was um, this great salvation when it was fulfilled was first entrusted to the apostles. We see this in Acts one eight, and going from Jerusalem to Samaria to Judea to all the parts of the world, and we see this in the Great Commission, Matthew twenty eight nineteen and twenty to go. He entrusted this message to them that they were first century witnesses. They were first hand witnesses that Jesus was alive. And Jesus for 40 days after he rose from the dead was on the earth and he was witnessed at one time in front of 500 people. That's what the word says. But several others that we see, but first hand experience that he was alive and that he was risen. So they announced it and they were to report it. Acts 20 says this, we could not stop talking about the wonderful things that we had seen and heard. They were called to preach it, to tell it, to gospel, to gossip the good news, the gospel that man can be saved. That has been revealed to us, available for all who have received it by faith in Christ as Savior and Lord. Entrusted to the prophets, inspired by the Holy Spirit, and entrusted to the apostles and it was all for us. This great salvation, this message. Your next film, we, we, can, uh, we can focus on this great salva salvation because it is available to all. Doesn't matter your skin color, doesn't matter your past, doesn't matter your gender. It is available for all to be saved because we're all broken and only Jesus can make it right. And that's what, that is what makes it great is that it's available for all of us. And do we need any more evidence or why do we need to focus on this great salvation in times of suffering or at any time? Let's go back and look at 12 again at the last uh, part. How, why is this still so great? Things into which angels long to look. The angels would love to go tell of this great salvation, but we're called to go do that. Matthew 28, 19, and 20, go into all the world, spreading the gospel, teaching them all that Christ had taught them. That commission is for you, Christian, and it is not a suggestion. It is a commandment, and I tell us consistently, not, we don't want to feel bad. You need to feel burdened, because let's just think about it. Why are we still here? Why are we still struggling with all this junk? Why has Christ not come? Really? Why is it just not over? Because if you're saved, you're good. Because not everybody else is, and he longs for all to be saved and none to perish. So what does that mean, Christian? Uh, what is it? Have to reclip here. Okay. What does that mean? That means that you have one job. You had one job. Okay, it's from several movies, okay? And, you, and we don't want to do it poorly. But everybody here has a mission field, and your one job is to tell of this great salvation that man is not okay, and that man is headed to eternal torment and punishment, and they can be saved through Jesus Christ. 
So what's going on here? What's going on in our nation? Why are we not burdened? Who is your one person that you have in your sights that you're going to go all the way with in the sense of saying, Holy Spirit, I'm building a relationship with them. Holy Spirit, when you tell me to, to completely explain the gospel or as we go, I'm going to do that. If you tell me that they're a person of peace, I stay with them. If they don't want it, then I dust my feet and I go on to the next person. But we need to be available through the Holy Spirit to tell of this great salvation because let's just get real. Why are we still here suffering? Why is it not complete? Because he wants all to be saved and none to perish. So where does that leave us, Christians? Because that's the only reason you're still here is to point to God. Oh, they'll figure it out. They'll just see that I'm doing stuff different. That's a start. Be salt and light. But we need to, with our actions, not perfection, but then it needs to get to the point. Faith comes from what? Seeing? Maybe partially, but that's not what the Scripture says. Faith comes from hearing, not hearing your opinions, but hearing the Word of God. And so we need to understand that. The angels would love to go tell this great salvation, but we're called to tell. And so your next one, the salvation is so great, we need to go tell it. 1 Corinthians 2, 2 says this, For I decided to concentrate only on Christ Jesus and his death on the cross, given by the prophets, revealed by the Holy Spirit, entrusted to the apostles, available to all. Tell it. What do you got to lose? We're listening to the wrong things. We need to focus on Christ, and we need to focus on this message, and we need not to listen to the, the, the side stuff. Focus on the mission, the Great Commission. Focus on God's grace, our great salvation in Christ. Christians can face anything regardless of the trials in life because of the greatness of God's grace that He gives us in salvation. Doesn't mean that it's right now. We're in the now and not yet. We're looking towards it like in Hebrews. If they had decided to stop, they would have, but they went on that he talks about. This is still revealed today. This is a heavenly message. It's appropriate for this generation. It's appropriate for every culture. It's appropriate for every person. There is nobody that doesn't need to be saved. That all would be saved. That none would perish. We're all broken. We all need Christ. A heavenly message that will never be outdated or lose its greatness. This message of this great grace, this great salvation of God, the grace to come. So what are we focusing on? What are we waiting on? What are we telling about? Again, Hebrews eleven thirteen says this. Those all died in faith. Not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on this world. Do you look more like Jesus than not? Are you talking more about, I'm talking to myself too. It's fun to talk about stuff that we're interested in, but let's turn it towards Jesus. Let's turn it towards the fact of our real problem. People have got a lot of problems. They've got a lot of things going on. But the core problem is their relationship and whether they have it with Jesus Christ and whether they're saved or not. We need to be looking. We need to, they were focused, they waited, they endured because, like Tony the Tiger, this salvation is great. So i got a question for you. We have a time of invitation here in a few minutes. Today, in this season, what are you focusing on? Are you trying to encourage Christians who are suffering for their faith? Are you, trying to, are you waiting for the promise? Are you finding joy while you wait? Are you focusing on the reason, the salvation of your souls? 
regardless of whatever you're going through right now, you can continue to focus on the fact that you're saved. And you know what? If you haven't realized that you're a sinner, if you haven't asked Christ to save you, you're going to hell. Not because the pastor said it, Jesus said it. And Jesus said in John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. So either he's a liar, a lunatic, or he told the truth. You decide. But you cannot say, he says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you better confess him as Savior now because afterwards it will be too late. I'm not trying to scare anyone here. I'm not trying to twist it. I'm giving you the word and I feel passionate about it. And if you need to get saved, you come forward today or talk to me afterwards and receive this great salvation. But for the rest of you Christians, are you burdened? Who are you looking at? Are you, do you have the Holy, you have the Holy Spirit inside you. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit and he is either in the control center of your life or he's in the basement. And are you listening? I told you about when I go fishing, it took a while for me to realize, hey, people stopped bothering me. God kept bringing people to me. They didn't know I was a pastor. I was just out there not talking to anybody fishing. And I had to wake up and realize, Holy Spirit, I need to listen to you when you bring people to me because they need to know about this great salvation. Yeah, it's great to go fishing, but this is way greater. And I think that's where a lot of us are today. You have a mission filled, and my job is to encourage and equip you according to Ephesians 4.12. So maybe you need to pray, or maybe you need to go and talk to that person, but you definitely need to commit to the commission that you've been given and to continue to go. And as he said in 2 Corinthians 6.2, he says, In a favorable time I listened to you. In the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. A delayed obedience is disobedience. Whatever you need to do today, do it today. As we stand on our feet and have a time of invitation, be obedient to God. Holy Spirit, we know that you're here and help us to be obedient to you and however we need to. In your name, Jesus, amen.